My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating girl boners for years. It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin, a spicy blend of personal stories, in-depth reporting, and inspiration. Girl Boner is where good girls go for sexual empowerment. Listen in as August McLaughlin, award-winning health and sexuality writer, explores female sexual pleasure like no one else. She's the big sister slash girlfriend you've always wanted, and she loves to talk sex. Only on Global Voice Broadcasting. What would you do if your daughter, little sister, niece, or young neighbor told you she had watched porn, it freaked her out, and asked, is this what sex is like? What are the differences between what we see on the porn screen and real life sex? And how does someone raised in a traditional Chinese family, learning basically nothing about the birds or the bees, end up an award-winning transsexual porn star? Oh, yes, we have a doozy in store today. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I'm so stoked to explore all of this and more, starting with a fabulous guest you may recognize from an early episode. If you want even more doozies of the Girl Boner variety, sign up for email updates on my site, augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org. They go to the same site. I send episode extras and any important news about once a month, and I would love to have you join my personal posse. I'm so pleased to have Venus Lux back in the studio after a few years. She's one of the top transsexual performers in the adult industry and has been for a while now. And she's well known for her multi-award winning experimental and dynamic performances. Thank you so much for being back. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So we were just saying a lot has happened in the last few years. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm trying to remember what was our context for our last conversation. We talked a lot about uh, the difference between transsexual and transgender mm, yeah. and uh, some of the issues that you are now becoming more vocal about. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned that you had a very traditional Chinese upbringing. Yes. You didn't share kind of what you learned about sexuality growing up. Do you remember being taught anything specific? No. Chinese people, imagine like a very conservative slash almost religious kind of upraising. Yeah, we don't talk about sexuality or even relationships. It's just more about your career and how you get there and how you're going to have kids. (laughs) Wow. And what actually inspired you to pursue the adult film path? Um, It's funny, it kind of, pursued me, actually. I kind of fell into it after, you know, I was stripping at the time and I was bartending and before porn kind of went in my radar. And uh, I kind of sought, I didn't really sought for it. It just kind of came to me. I was like, you know what? It presented itself as a interesting opportunity. I'm like, why not? And top of it, I'd be able to explore my sexuality. Um, and I think the first movie kind of like kind of set it in stone for me. I was like, yeah, you have to continue Mm. doing this. You had the bug. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I can relate to, you know, the love of performance. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like there's a big difference between, is it kind of like theater performance would be stripping Mm -hmm. and film acting is very technical? Yeah. So what is the difference for you and and what do you love about one versus the other? Mm-hmm. I, I think when it comes to stripping, it's a performance. It's, like, it's still art to. It's actually mostly art because it's however you want to construct it, how you want to present it, and how you want to what kind of energy you want to convey. Um, especially when it's in a very um, 
uh, I guess it's an alcohol-friendly environment, you know? It's a, I, was <laughs> I love that term, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, versus on porn, you can't drink alcohol when you're on set. There's a level of professionalism that has to be in play. Oh, so when you're stripping, you can actually drink and perform. Yes. Oh, Yeah, versus on, on, on set, you know, like, yeah, you probably just get fired if you're drinking on set and you're drunk on set, yeah, no. Versus when you're drunk and on stage, you know, and you're interacting with kind of the audience, it's kind of almost, uh, a, a burlesque show, you know, it's right. kind of natural. And the technicalities of porn, it takes a long time to create scenes. Yeah. So it must take a lot of focus and energy. And it's know. a lot. There's a lot of technicalities, especially when it comes to like the setting up of the storyboard, because I produce myself as well. And um, after understanding how other companies do it, you know, that's kind of where I jumped into producing. But there is a lot to to not just only performing. Um, there's a lot to kind of the staging, the setup, to your dialogue, to the emotions you're trying to convey, to the positions you're trying to explore. <laughs> because the positions have to be camera friendly. Yes. Otherwise, it's like, imagine like missionary position on camera. You won't be able to see the, the you won't be able to see many faces because they're just be macking on each other and just in missionary position. But you can't see any penetration and you can't really see any kissing. So you have to kind of work around the the camera a little bit. So is it more difficult to experience sexual pleasure while you're performing in porn or is that even on the radar? Uh, it, it's 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 a it's I guess um it's it's tough cuz you have to juggle both it's fun cuz I like things kind of structured in that way where I can know what to expect versus like oh oh snap you know someone's <laughs> like I don't want any messes on set you know like okay you got to go to the bathroom you know things like that you know but other than that, you know, when it comes to difficulty, it's just more so for me. I'm usually uh, the more the aggressor. So I have the functional penis that's always doing the penetration. Ah. So I kind of almost assume a male position role um, or male role, but also being pretty with tits. <laughs> so you're like the dominatrix. Uh, yeah, in, in essence, yeah, except for my strap-on is attached. <laughs> okay, got it. Very yeah. cool. So your creativity comes into play a lot, and you get a lot of attention for that. Yeah, it, it's. It, I think it's nice to be able to, for me, like, I guess I never had the traditional... Um, a traditional way of starting off porn, I guess. I have always been experimental. So through just being discovered by kink.com, which is like a hub for BDSM, you know, I kind of was like, you know what? It, I definitely have to kind of try everything. So I kind of got to this point where I've been able to shoot with trans women, trans men, gender non-conforming, cisgender women, men, of course, you know. Um, so it's just kind of being able to be fluid with my sexuality and be able to make amazing porn. And is that kind of also going into all the other areas of your life? Mm -hmm. Do you find that exploring your sexuality for porn mm -hmm. influences your own private sexual life? Oh, definitely. I'm totally not vanilla anymore. <laughs> to even call myself vanilla, it's just not possible. I just too many kinks that and you fetishes. Used to. Yeah, I just, especially how I was raised and growing up being so isolated not being taught what semen is or, or what cum is or, or you know, what's double penetration. It's amazing how we surprised us. <laughs> you're like, oh, there's fluid there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it's like, yeah, I think it just needs to be presented, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I think I kind of enjoy this kind of adult playground. We call it porn. <laughs> Have you found specific fetishes that you can share that totally surprised you? Mm, yeah. Um, I did not know that I like girls squirting. 
um, like is it just like is that pee is that cum I don't know <laughs> a lot of people don't know yeah so that's why I'm, but at the same time I think it's just that is a huge fetish of mine because it just kind of that level of, I'm used to cisgender gut or uh, a male I guess assigned male at birth bodies uh, where there's ejaculation with women there's not much ejaculation so when I see a girl squirt I'm like oh my god it's kind of hot and kinky and weird at the same time but yeah so that's one with women with men I like them burly I don't know I think because I I'm, I'm identify as queer and I like all genders um, so when I interact with someone, I usually have a go-to if, if they're like a cisgender man or a cisgender woman. Um, so with men, cisgender men, and trans men, actually, I was just like hair. I like hair. That is refreshing because I feel like there <laughs> needs to be more hair in porn. Cause, because Pubes coming back. Good. That's good. I think there's not that there's anything wrong with mm-hmm. not having yeah. hair. It's up to us to make the choice. But mm-hmm. it seems like it was getting so extreme that people were – feeling like there's some terrible thing if you let it grow. Yeah. And I think that's important. It's, 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 I think it's each his own. And yeah. I think as long as you are happy, feel free to just police yourself. Don't let anyone police Totally, you. totally. Yeah. And then just know the best and safest and healthiest ways yes. to do all the different things. Mm-hmm. You know, like I tried this supposedly pain-free waxing. It was one of the most painful things I've ever experienced in my life. Um, I don't even know why they called it that. And the first thing she said when I went in there was, did you take ibuprofen? And I'm like, hello, it's called pain-free waxing. Yeah, <laughs> no. uh, yeah it's amazing. Uh, how ironic that is. Right, exactly, exactly. So I know you have a lot of goals in this year mm-hmm. to change and to really share from a place of vulnerability, yes. which I have chills saying that because I think that's one of the most powerful ways to influence and inspire positive changes mm-hmm. to, to allow ourselves to be yeah. vulnerable, which can be really scary at times. It's also strong. It's a sign of strength as well. You know, you have to kind of toggle it on and off, you know, and it's about creating this level of equilibrium with yourself and like and being a level of self aware of like mm-hmm. okay this is how I'm this, these are my limits this is what I'm capable of and just kind of like in a day you know just be human and just be open why not you know and we learn so much from other people's challenges I think yes. especially in a kind of curated world where mm-hmm. people see the best of people's lives mm-hmm. online and for the most part I think it's really beautiful that you're also sharing these difficult times what is one challenge that you feel is really important that you've gone through and you learned so much from mm-hmm. and you're eager to to let people know about? I think the biggest challenge is kind of navigating this career called porn, you know, and especially being a sex worker, being a, a, a privileged sex worker in porn. Um, you, one has to kind of figure out, okay, where is, is this a means to an end? You know, like, how do you navigate that? Is there, what kind of exit strategies or retirement plans are there? You know, like, and, and there hasn't been many uh, examples that I can be able to draw inspiration from to be able to better navigate my career. And I think as as, as a sex worker, you know, I think we all, as, as all sex workers, kind of probably wonder, like, how can I be able to get back to a job where I put my clothes on, you know? Um, and I, that's kind of the journey I've been going through now and kind of figuring out 
what's the next step? You know, I've, I hit all my bucket lists of like, okay, double penetration. <laughs> Do you really have a, have you had a list? Yeah, I've had a list. And then now I'm like, okay, what's the next challenge? You know, well, maybe you have to share that bucket list in a book. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to work on that. It's, it's, it's just getting the pen, the patience, and the paper going, and then committing like three to six months, you know? Right, starting is the hardest part. And then, yeah, yeah, making that cave for yourself. Yeah, You used a really interesting term. You said uh, someone in porn with privilege. Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? Because I've been through a gambit of sex work from being a streetwalker to stripping to now porn, you know? And I've kind of compared my life now to then and I'm very privileged you know to be able to have a legal job and to be able to have resources and be able to develop my own autonomy um it, it's very fulfilling you know and I really wish for that for everyone if and especially in porn you know and I think as long as people know that there's trust there's 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 guides or there's resources for them to be able to make those decisions for themselves and be able to f- create their own freedom that'd be awesome and I think that's kind of the journey that I'm taking right now where I'm trying to figure out how I can be able to set a good example for my community and uh, the and be able to help those within it um, whether through my story through um, my connections or somehow whatever you know I that's kind of the drive that I am now uh, especially that you know I've kind of dedicated five years to being a performer and a producer and a director. So now, like, what next? <laughs> I love that you're sharing when you're still in process, too. You're not like, I have the answers. I'm searching right now. Yeah. yeah. To be honest, I think it's to be honest with yourself is definitely uh, something v- very important, you know, because not all of us are able to get that reality check from other people. We kind of have to check ourselves like, hey, I'm not feeling happy or hey, I'm feeling very happy. How can I sustain this? Or like, I'm not feeling happy. How can I be able to make changes in my life to be able to have uh, some uh, something more balanced, yeah. you know? So, um, you know, I'm just being candid because I'm very sure there's plenty of people out there, including porn stars or other sex workers who are in my kind of position where it's like, what's the, what's the next goal or what's the next challenge and how to better under, uh, navigate sex worker life? Mm, I love that. And I know that women also in general tend to not plan as much for retirement. Yeah. You know, I'm independent as well. So anyone mm-hmm. who's working in entertainment, yeah. writers, artists, people, a lot of people have their own indie businesses now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so easy to, on one hand, we want to be mindful and present and in the moment, yeah. <laughs> but we also want to take care of ourselves Yes, and hopefully knock on wood, live a long time mm-hmm. and have vitality through that. Mm-hmm. So I love that you're thinking forward in that way because I think a lot of times the porn industry reminds me of certain parts of the fashion industry, which yeah. I worked in for a long time. And it's there really weren't any resources or guides for like managing money. No, no, there None. isn't. It, there's people. It's kind of like in some ways, I feel like the industry is kind of set up for it's set up not really set up for failure for models and actors. Is you just kind of have to have more. I have to have audacity to be able to to kind of continuously create and recreate yourself. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you're very modular. Then, of course, it becomes very, uh, I, I guess... Um, like replaceable almost. Like, uh, Yeah. I, I mean, in a, that sounds very Stagnant. Common. I guess stagnant. Yeah, stagnant too. Yeah, yeah for sure. Because it's like you're part of... We could either be part of the the results of the art. Like, mm-hmm. I, I used to think of myself as like 
I'm not the artist. I didn't think of myself as the artist. I thought I was like the paint. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, but when you take the role instead and go, you know what? I am the artist mm-hmm. and I can cultivate my own creative career in whatever way that means. Exactly. And you want to, you're going into producing and yeah. all these different things. I think that's amazing. Tell me about a time that you have felt incredibly brave. Mm-hmm. Incredibly brave. Oh, my God. This, that's, this. I think a lot of people probably think of you as brave, but I wonder if you feel that. Um, I feel courageous to some degree. You know, I think brave is to be self-sacrificial entirely mm-hmm. and, to, and for others. That's why I think of when I hear brave. Um, I think when you kind of get, build up a level of courage and gusto to do something, you know, like that's how I kind of join porn. You know, so let me think of brave. I, I think just... Brave is, I think, it, just joining porn is a huge brave thing because you kind of have to put aside your past life to some degree and be able to move forward with, you know, porn. And especially that it's it's not for everyone, and it, there's a lot of stigmas um, around porn, especially as a trans woman of color. So I think that was the bravest thing I've probably done to be able to kind of go against my familial back ethics or, or philosophies and be able to kind of uh, explore, you know, and to be honest, like it was kind of a, a desperate moment in my life because I was engaged and I was almost like a housewife situation. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want to be a housewife forever. So I was like, you know what? I, I can't deal, go on with this. And I was like, you know what? Porn just fell into my lap. I, I I gotta take this opportunity. You went from housewife almost married to porn. That is brave. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was tough to making that call because I'm like, okay, there's self sustainability with marriage, but then if I were to make this leap of faith in porn, where there's no guarantees, you know, what hope is there to draw from? You know, so I kind of like wing it, you know, and thankfully I kind of played my cards right and be able to be an artist, I guess. And just like you mentioned, you know. I started off thinking like a paint, you know, a canvas or just a paint. And now I'm kind of feeling more secure. I'm like, I need, I am an artist. I am an artist. And I think acknowledging that can be hard, especially when you are in such in a perseverance mode where like, okay, I got to make sure I got to put this out, something amazing, something that can blow people's mind, you know, and be creative and also be passionate about it, you know, versus like, oh, I'm just going to do this because that person's doing it. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. Do you remember that turning point when you really made that decision? And how did you make the leap? Because I'm sure everyone listening has some area of life Mm -hmm. where they want to step out, but it can be scary. It definitely is scary, especially when you kind of have to kind of you know, bare naked and you gotta like literally let, and emotionally yeah. and figuratively. And- yeah. And you have to kind of uh, adjust yourself to the tone of what you're doing. Like for instance, like, okay, I'm gonna have to do a bondage, you know, scene. I'm like, you have to be in Dom mode versus like, Oh, you're so cute and cuddly. <laughs> you have to kind of change. It's a character. You have to kind of be able to channel that character. And I think, uh, that's one thing I love about my 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 job I mean, is being able to play many characters and be able to uh, be creative in so many aspects, you know. So, yeah, and the top of that, being able to kind of 
kind of have this attitude of no shame, no hate, no judgment, and yeah. just kind of free for all. Sex is for everybody. You have such a sense of <laughs> activism around your work, which I love. I, d- I used to do a lot of activism when I was prior to porn. Um, I was, you know, serving. I was. I was in a. Uh, I wasn't serving in the military. I was doing military training, um, JRTC. And uh, that's kind of where I did a lot of my activism, or that's kind of inspired me to do a lot more activism with my community um, and being able to advocate for those who were out and were, you know, interested in joining the military or were doing JRTC and um, contemplating a, of a, of of enlisting and being openly gay. I think that was a time where I kind of like kind of grabbed my backbone and just kind of spoke out against it and just said, you know, no, JRTC wasn't a recruitment program for the U.S. military. It's something beyond that. It's an educational program that isn't an elective, you know. Mm. And plus, I've also done a lot of nonprofit work with at-risk youth um, in my teenage years, you know. It's just more so as giving back to the community because I didn't have many resources. And thankfully, a lot of nonprofits has put uh, a roof over my head when I need it the most. And I'm very fortunate to be standing here today. That's beautiful. <laughs> and I know that visibility for yes. the trans community, mm-hmm. LGBTQ, mm-hmm. people of color, you really are passionate about cultivating that. Yes. Tell us why that is so important to you. I think in this day and age, you know, we face an uphill battle, you know, where we have to be able to establish a level of camaraderie and combining resources and superpowers that we all have and our abilities and to be able to cultivate something that is for us versus having the place in this box and having to survive. So it's kind of like creating your own box in in essence and with those who support you who are positive in um, positive thinking and and being able to also have a level of um, good work ethic I guess Um, because nothing falls from the sky you actually have to put work into building something and um, you know in in porn that's one thing I'm just just, there's no team dynamic not really because it's not like where you work at like Hollister and you have to work with your team when to sell shirts or whatever you have the registry you have the people who are stock reshelvers you know but in porn there's there's no really not much of a team dynamic so that's why for me today I'm trying to figure out you know what can I do to establish a better team dynamic and camaraderie amongst my peers and uh, you know that's through I still do a little bit of my and do that with my production company where I hire other people and um, be able to create uh, more visibility um, for those who could use it. And I think right now, too, i am kind of been planning on putting, I guess, putting seeds and feelers for my future, um, including being able to speak out uh, more about my life um, project with BuzzFeed um, and, of course, doing still continuously producing DVDs uh, from my production studio, Venus Sex Entertainment. Um, and I think... Since I have that platform, I might as well take advantage and utilize it and be able to exemplify what what I really feel and be able to hopefully have a, a good empowering, um, I guess, I don't know how to say it, but just be able to empower others and be able to help others to be able to inspire themselves to 
build something of their own and be able to challenge the system and be able to do what they make them makes them happy mm-hmm. and not conform and embrace their sexuality. That's one thing I've noticed and realized myself that a lot of girls happen to just up and leave porn, but why? You know, why not recycle what you've built for so long? Um, why and, do you think and, they do leave? I, I think maybe burnout from, you know, oversexed out or, you know, being... Or thinking that I've heard some performers mm-hmm. will say that, you know, once you're out of a certain age, again, kind yeah. of like modeling, they're like, well, that I'm, you know, they, they're not you're necessarily older. thinking of these other avenues yeah. or, or also really working to have more age diversity in porn, which seems important. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I definitely agree. Um, and I think a lot that hits a lot of uh, people's heads when it's like, okay, I'm, I have expiration date or like I'm getting tired of this or I can't do anything else, you know. And I feel like sky's the limit and you just have to kind of continuously survive and fight and you know, because not every not everyone's gonna be okay with porn. Not everyone's gonna be sex positive. Not everyone's gonna be kinky. Not everyone's gonna be pro poly. You know, not everyone's gonna be queer friendly. You know, so you kind of have to kind of abide by your own rules and what you stand for, and um, you know, just ch- challenge. Like I said, challenge the system. Like sky's the limit. You know, don't think that you know there's millions of obstacles. You know, just continuously break down those obstacles, which is happening now for porn, um, especially when. When it comes to the stigma between trans, a uh, transgender performers and cisgender performers, um, like right now, next, next this upcoming week or I think tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow. Um, sh- you know, I'm shooting with Jessica Drake with the Wicked her. for her um, showcase, and she didn't have to do that. She didn't have to like, oh, I want to work with three transsexuals and be able to be have them showcased in my showcase. You know, she didn't have to do that, but. She did, and that's kind of groundbreaking to be able to have someone who is a pioneer in the industry, someone who's been in it, who is um, a leader as well, and a sex educator. Um, I love her to death, and uh, it's just a it's just a change, it's a shift in the tides right now. And, yeah. and porn is so influential. Yeah. More more kids they, since they don't learn almost anything, yeah. very very little in yeah. school, they're learning from porn and. That's just kind of the way it is. So I yeah. feel like anything that we can do, because mm-hmm. even though it's not designed as educational, yeah. though I know Jessica Drake does yeah. have some so porn d- videos that yeah. are educational mm-hmm. intentionally, uh, you're teaching mm-hmm. that beauty looks like all these different kinds of representations. Yes. And yes. That's powerful. And of course, you know, having a, a proper storyboard definitely sells a story as well, especially when you convey what's realistic and what's um, re- relative to that audience. So, you know, I'm very happy and that's what's changing. And I'm definitely so super supportive of Jessica and I think now is just being able to continuously develop this level of sisterhood amongst each other um, and just put aside you know the drama the cattiness and be able to kind of have some level of unity especially now that we have Trump in power I know (laughs) I really hope that there'll be a time when this will be like historic that we talk about you know I can't wait till there's past tense yeah I know I know (laughs) talking about it yeah Yeah. it's just it's unbelievable and yet it puts more importance on this kind of activism Mm -hmm. and and all of the raising up of diversity and, and and realistic representation and all that I know that uh 
because people do learn a lot about sex from porn, mm-hmm. sometimes they don't really know the difference between what's realistic. Cause, yeah. Because the scenes you're talking about, how everything has to be right face toward the camera. Yeah. What are some differences that you can point out for someone who's like, I really don't know? I really wish more porn was educational or I had like a subtitled narrative to like, oh, this position is best when you are not eating. Or That's like, a good <laughs> idea. I like that. Yeah, just because porn is just so... It's just so available, you know. Why not make it educational? You know, since our you know our school systems don't have, you know, sex ed as a requirement. But some things I could point out, for example, would be like, um, hmm. like the gushing. Okay. I, is that the gushing? Oh yeah, the fake gushing. Yeah, like a hose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like I know some people expect that. I've heard that. Mm-hmm. They're like, how come how can I just do that? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I think it's a special effect. Yeah, uh, this is skill set. Well, I don't know. It might be, uh, if I had a vagina, I would know. It's but, case by case. Yeah. Right? But if since I have a penis, I would know that uh, not everyone no, we this, I guess a myth would be like you have porn porn stars have sex for like a whole entire day and just fuck for hours on end to make that movie and I'm, stay hard for 12 hours yeah I'm like no that's not true no we have breaks in between we go grab a snack we you know we grab some water hydrate, and then yeah. hydrate and then we maybe watch some porn just to kind of get the motion going again the mood going or we just interact with our partners you know but you know after uh, it's funny, Ginger Lynn mentioned something from After Porn Ends 2 that the nowadays when it comes to porn stars, the level, it's, it's so impersonal when it comes to on, being on set sometimes, especially for amateur performers because, you know, the art, the age group is so reactive, it's, it's so intertwined with technology to a point where, you know, the level of socializing with your partner it just doesn't exist you know and sometimes you kind of have to make an effort to make your partner you know into you or to be able to make that scene more intimate you know on set set, especially if they're having a bad day or just not really in the mood what do you do then because it's not like like you could fake that you're that that like a vagina is yeah you could fake it you could put lube from a bottle whatever Mm -hmm. but you can't really just instantly make yourself hard if you're like what if you've been working for a long time or you didn't get any sleep or yeah. like what do you do yeah I think for me I what works best is just watching some porn you know it kind of sucks because I would love to be able to interact with my partner but sometimes I would hate to kind of like intrude and expect my partner to be like hey can you suck my dick a little bit you know get a heart you know it's not their job necessarily but at the same time it's just you know, I would love to ask them if they offer to be awesome but you know most cases I kind of just kind of keep myself keep a level of common respect and space between each other and I don't know that person's day what they're going you know I want to make sure that every person I interact with has that same respect you know mm-hmm. so but when it comes to on set you know it's different because we're, we're supposed to enact you know sex and intimacy and romance and passion you know and yeah there's a level of acting it's just I think for me how I usually do things is kind of keep an upbeat attitude always keep an upbeat attitude smile giggle tell a joke um, you know make silly commentary like oh my god your pube is longer than another one <laughs> like things like that you know and of course you know navigating my partner's um, go to's like do's and don'ts I always like to make sure I do that yeah. like, so I don't want to ruin or kill moment especially when you're we're trying to orgasm together and all of a sudden like a slap you know slap someone on like a tit or something like that and I was like oh you know I'm like oh I hate to do that so 
you know, I always, I do my best to keep a set of example, I guess. Um, but other than that, you know, I guess the last thing I would mention for like porn things that are like, coming you know like okay so yeah sometimes you know some guys can't come in you know it's just hard to especially when you're you know if you've been shooting a lot or whatever you know and that has happened to me before you know where it's like oh my god i don't know if i can be able to come like i can stay hard but i don't think i can come it's just really hard especially with a condom you know and like that's a tough part too so you know of course you can kind of fake it but you know most times i try to be able to be on point with that you know really like, be in character be in character back to that moment keeping it organic keeping it <laughs> always organic i actually read a study that said that Quite a number of people with penises mm-hmm. also uh, fake orgasms, mm-hmm. and it's something that's not ever talked about because there's even more shame around it. Where it's yeah. kind of like sadly expected in women, which it shouldn't mm-hmm. be, you know, or people with vulvas. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because there's this pressure on performance on mm-hmm. everybody. It'd actually be kind of cool, and I don't know if there is, but is there any porn where 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 the penis just can't get up and they just like leave that in there? I think that'd be empowering. Like, you yeah, know what? we're human. Let's play with something else. Because yeah. can't you have fun with a flaccid penis? Well, that's what BDSM comes to play. You know, <laughs> yeah, you, you have go. toys, you have bondage. Jeff gags, you know, you don't, yeah, yeah, you don't need a penis. You just need dildos <laughs> and vibrators and fucking machines. You know, another thing that I've heard from people, I spoke at this conference in Puerto Rico, and mm-hmm. it was um, people in a women's studies program, awesome. like all, all around the, the globe, and they're really amazing people. Uh, but I did a presentation on kind of technology and sexuality mm-hmm. and the messages that people tend to get based awesome. on these different studies, and I had so many questions from people who came up and they kind of would like whisper in my mm-hmm. ear like um, how come every guy usually it was a a, a woman mm-hmm. and she's concerned that her boyfriend assumes that she wants anal mm-hmm. and they wanted to know if that's because of porn because apparently there's a lot more anal in porn yeah. than the percentage of people who know they like yeah, it. Yeah it's trend it's a huge trend. Is it- that because it's visually enticing or what? <sighs> I think it's just another genre. It's just, add, it's just trend. It's just yeah. add on to keep it more challenging. You know, you're like, okay, everyone has a vagina, can't fuck in a vagina, but not all can get fucked in an asshole and take a 12 inch dick. You know what I mean? Right. So it's it's also pushing, you know, it's like doing something that's a little more wild or yeah. taboo. And I love what you said about staying in touch with your partner on set because mm-hmm. I feel like that's, we can learn from that in our own relationships. Yes. Don't assume somebody wants something. Yeah. You know, don't just like dive in there and if you've yeah. never. And like start fisting someone or choking them or slapping on the face. You know, just always make sure you have the no's and a yes list and be able to have it consented. Like, I always want consensual, consented sex, you know? Yeah, you know, Pleasure Chest has this great chart. It's like a checklist and it's really cute. It has like little pictograms Mm -hmm. and it's like, it's a neat little thing to to just have some sort of conversation. And I like how you said your yeses and your noes. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that, because obviously a lot of communication happens through body language. Yes. And that can be confusing sometimes. The hinting process is just too much of a game, you know? Why not just be upfront about it and be specific? Like, I like it when you fuck me this hard. Yeah. I like it when you put your hand around my throat. I don't like, I do not like when you pull my hair this way, but I could prefer you to pull my hair this way, you know? There like, you go. And you can talk about it maybe even ideally when you're mm-hmm. not having sex, right? Yeah. Just to be able to kind of uh, set the tone. I, I like to kind of get the bullshit out of the way because, you know, for me, it's very complicated as a transgender woman, especially that I, I I prefer to fuck more than I get fucked. And most men find that very intimidating. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're not going to put that dick in me. You know? <laughs> I'm like, 
Well, Did they you, say that. Yeah, <laughs> especially when, like I'm going on online dating. They don't know like what I am capable of doing, and they kind of seem like I'm this docile Asian girl who is helpless, you know. But I'm like, you know, so I usually have to kind of preface that, you know, prefacing as much as possible. I'm like, hey, you know, I like this, I like that. If you don't like it, I you, you can find someone else. I support you to find someone else, you know. But in a day, I, these are my no's, and these are my hard limits, and these are my yeses. You know, you, you decide on figuring out whether. You, you're okay with that or not yeah so just kind of understanding uh having taking power with sexuality and being own up to it and being able to not feel ashamed of your likes and dislikes yeah no matter what they are right because yeah. i've noticed as long as it doesn't hurt people and it's not with children and there's no animals right <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly i actually even have a little bit of an issue with personally mm-hmm. i have a hard time with toy there's toys that look like animals Oh, yeah, yeah, like dra- bad dragon penises. They, they make me a little like, because I love animals so much, and I'm a little like, I don't think this animal consented, even though it's like not a real animal. I mean, yeah. I'm so dorky. <laughs> but, you know, we all have our own sensitivities, right? And it's mm-hmm. totally okay, too, if you don't have these extreme fetishes, right? Like, I've noticed some people feel shame around that. Mm-hmm. They think, oh, well, I'm not, yeah. if, am I not sexy because I don't like BDSM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just each his own. And to be honest, role play is a good soft spot to, for those who don't like BDSM. You know, there's so many things. It's, you know, I like furry play. Or, you know, I don't know if I can do that with <laughs> my penis, but maybe just, if I'm a human who's furry. Well, it could be or cosplay. You know, someone dressed as Superman with a big erect dick. You know, that'd be mm-hmm. kind of hot. You know, so just, you know, there's a lot of, just have, be whimsical. Be whimsical. Mm. Sex is so magical. Whimsical. I yeah. like that. I just saw little sparkly yeah, things everywhere. Yeah, sparkling rainbows and glitters and unicorns. It's supposed to be fun. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's, it, yeah, sex is not supposed to be painful. It's supposed to be fun and pleasing. And it's a moment for you to kind of... Uh, you know, explore your emotions and how you feel and also be able to kind of let go and give control. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I know you have a lot of wonderful things. You mentioned BuzzFeed and, and Jessica Drake. Yes. Tell us about the Switch Exotica Chicago. Yeah, so I've been conventioning. This is all for my fans out there who like who want to see me. And I'll be in Chicago Exotica on June 23rd to 24th and 25th to be uh, and I'll be signing at Switch Booth, which is a brand new spin-off of Exotica's LGBT. Um, line, I guess, where they're trying to be able to create more pockets and more visibility for LGBT folk within porn um, and it includes gay porn stars, transsexual porn stars. So it's really a nice, uh, I'm so honored that they allowed me to be able to come and showcase myself and be able to interact with all the fans. And it's been a while since I've been in Chicago. So um, very you excited. Eat pizza, man. Oh, pizza. Oh, deep dish pizza. That's right. Yeah. You know, mm. you can actually, there's one restaurant, I forget what it's called, but you can sit where Oprah sat. What? And eat this like. Is there like this autograph sig- signature of Oprah? <laughs> I don't remember, but there's a little plaque. Okay. 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 You know, I feel like there can be some magic there. Okay. Sounds pizza delicious. <laughs> Speaking of fans, I know you have your own new fan page. Yes. I have my new fan page, uh, OnlyFans dot com for slash Venus Lux. Um, it's been separated because I have my Venus com, which is now being gentrified slowly into more of a hardcore site. It's a work in progress, but my fans can be able to interact with me, be able to fan scope 
almost like Periscope and uh, be able to chat with me and interact with me on a deeper level than on my pay site, venusashlux.com. So check me out on onlyfans.com forward slash venuslux. Beautiful. And before I let you go, mm-hmm. which it always goes too so fast. fast, I know. Yeah. Because it's so important to you that people feel free to live outside of the conventional box. Yes. What's one tip, one of your favorite ways to begin living more authentically and courageously? Um, self-care. Understanding self-care. You know, of course, you have to have self-awareness to be able to have self-care. You know, just be aware enough with your body, how you feel, how you think, and you know, from there, be able to better take care of yourself. Because when it comes to porn, you know, uh, it's just, you know, you just, it's your body, it's your line of work, you have to treat it as a temple, you know, so, you know, whether it be therapy or meditation, or just going on a walk, you know, or just being able to soak in a tub, because it's been a a long three days of gangbang shoots, you know, (laughs) (laughs) even if you can't relate to that, I'm sure you could fantasize about those shoots and then take your bath. Yes. So self care, I I think once you love yourself, you know, and you practice self-care, I think sky's the limit and definitely will be much more happier. Mm, Beautiful (laughs) advice. Thank you again. I'm always wishing you the best. And I have to say that you had a beautiful presence when you came in last time and I thought you were very eloquent and confident and everything. You seem to have this aura of just renewed strength about you that's mm-hmm. more powerful and I just want to say kudos for that because it seems like you're you're doing things right. It's nice to be someone who appreciates that and uh, I don't know would you identify as a feminist? Oh yeah. Oh, awesome. It's just nice to be with other feminists. Yay. <laughs> awesome. Feminists. Yeah. All right. <laughs> that was so much fun. Now for some Q&A with our resident sex and relationships therapist Dr. Megan Fleming of greatlifegreatsex.com Allison wrote this. My 16-year-old daughter came home from a slumber party upset because she and her friends had watched porn. I asked her if she had seen it before, and she said no, but many of her friends have. She said it looked painful and scary and asked me if that's what sex is like. My heart about broken, too. How do you suggest dealing with this? Such an important question, Allison. I am sure many other parents are going to benefit. Here's what Dr. Megan had to say. Allison. I just love your question. Um, and as painful and, and challenging in some ways this must be for you as a mom and a parent uh, to hear this from your daughter, what I love about it is that she came to you. You know, often in these preteen, teen years, um, when things are challenging or hard, sometimes our kids really don't know to look to us and seek advice or sort of lean in and share what you know, what their challenges are, what they're struggling with. So um, the fact that she came to you is awesome. And it speaks, I think, volumes to uh, the daughter that you're raising. And it's really an opportunity to sort of expand this conversation and sort of say, tell me more. You know, we call that sort of a sentence stem. Um, And just sort of saying, tell me more. And really understanding that, you know, it's, it's, it's curious and it's confusing um, what she 
saw, um, because I think it's important to note that, you know, porn and sex sort of comes in all shapes and sizes. And, you know, I don't know if she was watching, um, in a sense, what would be more traditional, if it's just a man or woman, if it was a group experience, uh, whether there was any kink or BDSM involved. So, you know, when she said it looked painful and scary, you know, it might even just be the scene penetration in of itself might look painful and scary, or it might have been some really graphic images. And we don't even know if it looked consensual and sort of all those aspects. So to me, that's really the huge opportunity here is to, you know, how much does your daughter even know about sex? Um, and, you know, when it feels right for her and when she's in the right relationship and, you know, what are the things she's going to notice or pay attention to? And even in this porn, was it safe sex, right? Did, did, does she and her friends even know about STDs or, uh, pregnancy, you know, the potential risk for pregnancy? Um, you know, this really is the opportunity for a really wonderful an introduction, in a sense, to a sexual health conversation. And hopefully it's the first of many. Um, and along the lines also is the fact it's sort of in a sense like group think or peer pressure. So, you know, if she in the moment was feeling uncomfortable, you know, did she feel the, in a sense, ability to say to her friends in that moment, you know what? this looks really, you know, I, I see that you guys are really enjoying this or want to look at this, or maybe it feels taboo. Um, and some level that's exciting, but you know what? I'm actually, I'm not really feeling it or, um, I'm actually going to just take a break or maybe get something to eat or, you know, how long do you think you'll be? And maybe I'll come back in X amount of time. Uh, I think it's really important that we give our children the permission that when, if they're in a situation that whether it's drinking, it could be drugs, it could be watching pornography, any situation in which they feel uncomfortable, that they don't sort of feel like for conformity or being part of the group, you know, buy into something that doesn't really sit well with them. And certainly uh, if it's drugs or, al drugs or alcohol could even put them at risk. So helping our children to comfortably say no and to recognize that, you know, in a healthy relationship, that doesn't mean the end of the friendship. It just means that, you know, you're letting people basically show you, you know, how they can treat you and they recognize, listen, we all have different tastes and preferences and we're not all into everything. Um, so I think there's two parts to this. One is the opportunity for the sexual health conversation and the other second and equally, if not more important, is the ability to let friends know when she's uncomfortable and be an advocate for herself. So again, as always, love to hear more. And I hope there's many of wonderful conversations that you have with your daughter and the challenges and that she's going to face uh, in teenhood. Thanks so much, Dr. Megan. Brilliant advice, as always. It's so true that the fact that your daughter can talk to you so openly is huge. And I think these conversations are going to be really powerful for you both. And I hope that you both grow and learn together and that these conversations get easier. I think the first one's always the toughest, but it sounds like your daughter has a very lucky um is very lucky to have you as her parent. One study actually showed that kids on average are first exposed to porn around age 11, which is before any kind of sex ed in school usually happens. And another study showed that 47% of school-age kids receive porn spam daily. What? Every single day. That scares me just because of the whole, I mean, there's different reasons, but the predator factor. So I think it's really important to talk to kids if you have them or young people in your life about porn and 
what it is, you know, and and as as Megan was saying, you know, the different kinds because not all porn is created equal. It's completely natural for kids to have curiosities about sex, of course, from a very early age. And questions like Allison's are so important. If you have questions about sex, about girl boners, about relationships, about sociopaths, anything we've talked about recently or you'd like us to address, please drop me a note. Go over to augustmclaughlin.com and use the contact tab to reach me confidentially or you can find me on social media. Just search for Girl Boner and I'm pretty easy to find. If you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes so you won't miss a beat and leave us a simple review while you're there. Thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week. 